You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. Today we're going through, uh, in Luke 10, the parable of the Good Samaritan. How many of you have heard about the Good Samaritan? Good. Many of us have heard about the Good Samaritan. Actually, just looking through the internet, just researching it, there are actually hundreds or maybe thousands of hospitals that are named Good Samaritan. Not only that, social, social civic organizations, NGOs, different NGOs across the world are actually named Good Samaritan. When a person helps another, we easily brand him or her as a Good Samaritan. One of our pastors, Pastor Jonas Bernales uh, of our church in uh, Victory Pioneer, I think it was just a month or two ago when he preached here, he was actually a recipient of that, uh, of, of that good nature of a good Samaritan. When uh, Luis Manzano saw him uh, somewhere along uh, Rizal, when he was bicycling, kaya sabi sa inyo eh, ayaw ko mag-bicycle, ayaw ko mag-exercise, bakit? Nakamamatay at saka nakaka... Nakaka-injure, di ba? So, wag ka mag-exercise. Safe ka pa. He was bicycling, okay? He was cycling. And then he got, he, he got into an accident. And uh, Luis Manzano was there to help him. Good Samaritan. How many of us, we wish that we are good Samaritans? I'm turning 43 uh, in a few weeks. And um, in the course of going through my life, every November, I started by asking myself, how have I contributed to the society. I would do an annual assessment. An annual assessment. Ayoko yung buhay ko parang ganito lang. That you were born, you go to school, you get a job, get married, have a family, continue to work, and then suddenly you died. And then, nothing else. I want to make sure that I have an, made an impact in this world that even though I'm gone, I have done something for our, for the human, for the human, for the humankind. For people, I have done something, a legacy. They might actually forget about me, or makalimutan nila pangalan ko, but then again, my prayer is that what I did would actually be a contribution or made an impact. If you look at this, is this all there is to life? Is this all there is to life? If this is it, it's kind of boring, right? It's kind of dull. We are, you know what, God made us Superior to all anything that God created. Why? He gave us intellect. He gave us discernment. He gave us wisdom. He gave us skills upon skills and gifts upon gifts. Not just to do this. Not just to, to live a life like this that is like a routine. When you go through Luke 10, um, you would see three core activities of a Christian life. First about mission. Everybody, we need to know our mission is Maybe you are not a missionary. Mission is not, a, is not about just being a missionary. Mission is about your calling in life. What's your life purpose? What is God calling you to do? Why did He give me those gifts, those blessings, those resources, those skills? You have to ask God for that mission. Next, it talked about compassion. As Christians, we are to be in the forefront as we give compassion. That's why God gave us a beating heart. For compassion. And lastly, about worship. That was the story about Mary and Martha in Luke 10. Let's look at it as the, at, at the context of our church. Our church, Victory Philippines, is part of a bigger uh, organization, Every Nation. 
And in every nation, this is, just to give you a context, this is where we're coming from. This is our mission statement. Our mission statement is to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. We are a part of this. We are part of every nation. And that's our calling. That's our mandate. And look, right there, right smack in the middle, is socially responsible. Okay, it's not, a, it's not just a sideline ministry. It's not. It's in the very heart of our church. And guess what? It should be in the very heart of every Christian, of every individual, of every living being. Socially responsible. Our, uh, we, our church, and us should have been, should have, uh, should be in the forefront in compassion ministry and sharing to the lost. We don't only do this if there is a typhoon or an earthquake or Christmas is actually near. We don't just do that because there's Christmas. You know, I know of an, I know of an NGO that they would stop accepting gifts every November and December. They would always say, you know what, instead of giving us November, December, can you support us January, February, March, April, May, June, July, September, October instead? There's something about November, December. We, 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 we would be more generous. We would be, you know, freely give. Maybe it's because of the 13 month and the bonus. Every day of our life, we should have that heart of generosity. We should be socially responsible. We have to be creative, uh, creative, deliberate, and intentional as well. Last week, I mentioned about CPAG. Remember CPAG? CPAG is an NGO that we are supporting now together with CCF where we absolve 600 of the drug-dependent surrenderies of San Juan. We got 600 here in San Juan and we're ministering to them. Okay? We're not just feeding them. We're not just giving them food, money, or, or shelter. No. What we're actually doing is making sure that we're there talking to them, encouraging them, asking them how they are in their life. You know what? Just thinking about it, I was, I was talking to uh, Pastor Alan a while ago. It's, more, it's like a victory group. That our victory group leaders now taking their time off. This, happened, this happens on a weekday, not at night, in the morning. Okay, Early in the morning, they would go there and minister. Why? Because we as a church, we have to take a stand. We need to take action rather than complaining that, oh, and dami nag, dami nag the drugs, and daming namamatay sa drugs, daming nag surrender, and daming, uh, and daming drugs ito. Take action because why? Because we're the church. Because we're the church. Because God, God's love should compel us to help. Remember, the Bible said, faith without action is it's dead. Faith without action is dead. That's why we have to be in front, in the front line, take charge. That's my introduction for, for this parable of the Good Samaritan. What compelled him to go out of his way and help somebody who is not even part of his culture, part of his group? Luke 10, verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, he was talking to Jesus here, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, Jesus said, what is written in the laws, how do you read it? The lawyer, in some translation of the Bible, he said, experts of the law. He knew all along what the law requires. But he was testing Jesus. He wanted Jesus to say something, to be, to be, to be accountable to what he says. He's testing Jesus. 
But Jesus said, what is written in the law? You know what is written in the law is simple. But then again, what is written in the law is hard to fulfill. And even the expert of the law, he knows that. So he was testing Jesus. And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So he knew it. He was testing Jesus. He knew it by heart. But he also knew, he knows, that it's hard for him and he can never fulfill it. You can only fulfill it when you are in Christ. Apart from Christ, we cannot do it. It's impossible. Verse 28, And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. That was Jesus. He said, correct, do it. But then he fought back. He answered back and said, But he, he desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Rather than saying, Okay, now I know it, I'll do it. Because he knew he cannot do it. He knows the law. He knows it correctly. But it's, uh, it's different. It's different knowing it correctly. Being able to answer and verbalizing it. Than living it out. Iba yon. Okay? That's two different facts. You might know it, but you're not living it. You have to know it and live it. So he knew that he has fallen short and he fought back with another question. So he's, who's my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Sometimes when we read the Word of God, we see it as a magical thing, a mystical thing. We search for clues. We search for answers. My prayer is that we would also look at it differently. As in the book of James where it said, anyone who listens to the Word of God, to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like james was referring to the bible as like a mirror when you look at god's word when you look when you read god's word when you look at isaiah 56 57 what do you see do you see yourself or it just deflects when you look at it and read it and know it like as a mirror you should see christ in you there has to be a heart a heart check do you see it or do you still see the old you or do you see you you actually can't see anything because it's blurry you have to see christ you have to see christ and reflect christ not deflect him verse 30 jesus replied a man was going down this is the start of the story this is the start of the parable when, when, when Jesus was being tested, Jesus was being asked and challenged. He said, okay, this is the time I'll tell a story. Also, in this context, he wasn't just talking to the expert of the law. He was actually talking to a group of people who was listening. That's how smart Jesus is. He saw the moment, captured the moment, said, okay, time for another parable. Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. This is the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. The road, the route is still actually visible today where, the rub, where, where there are actually robbers. Because of the terrain, because of the, 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 what's going on in my screen? Anyway, on that side. Because of the terrain, it's actually a good place for robbers to hide. That's why he got mugged there. Verse 30, 31. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. A priest. 
a priest in the, those days are descendants of Aaron. Remember Aaron, the first priest. Direct descendants. Before being a priest, it's something that's handed down. Okay, it's, it's like inherited. So a priest was there, a priest who actually worked inside the temple. Can you imagine this? You're going down the edge, the priest is there. Saw somebody got hurt. What did he do? Went to the other side. I don't know if you can do that in Edsa with the traffic, right? But it improved, I, 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 I must admit. But because of those yellow, orange barriers, I don't know if you can shift, but he shifted. The priest. Why? Because he was, maybe he's busy. His attitude was, okay, I'm busy doing God's work. I'm busy doing holy work for the church. I'm a priest. So he just looked at him and said, okay, no, okay. That's not for me, so I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. Priest. Priest who's supposed to be serving God. His attitude was, I have more important things to do. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. A Levite, just to explain to you, is not a descendant of Aaron. That's why they cannot be priests. But then they are also full-time and working inside the temple. As assistant to the priest. I don't know what their training is, but it's the same. When he saw that person, he did was move on to another side. Shift gear and move on. Because why? He has more important things to do. I'm a man of God. And he said, okay, I better avoid rather than be involved. It might actually be messy. So never mind, I'll move. I look another the other way and just go on. That may be true. When when we try in when we try to help out in in ministries, in, in, in compassion, especially in compassion ministries, it might actually be messy. I have first hand experience being a part of an NGO here in San Juan. And uh, it tends to be mis- messy. This NGO, right, start was actually not formed by the church. No, no, no. Church members who had a heart for children, 4 to 14 years old. That's why they set up this, this, this uh, NGO. And when I was a part of it, you wouldn't understand the messiness of what's going on inside. 4 to 14. Who would have known at 4 to 14 years old, people will be already addicted to sex. There's immorality already. Below 10 years old, a girl would have already have multiple sexual partners. Less than 10 years old. Children who have been molested time and time again at 13 years old. And when you ask him, when you try, her, uh, when you try to talk to her and try her to recount the stuff, he wouldn't even remember who it was. Tito, Kuya, cousin. He wouldn't, she wouldn't know. Just listening to all those sad stories would make me cry, would make me so angry. And I know it's messy. But church, that is the real church out there. That is precisely the people we have to reach. Are uh, are you angry? I'm angry. I'm appalled. We have to be as a church, move and do something. Or would you just say, this is not for me. I'll go and pass the other side. I'm busy. I'm on my way to my victory group. I'm on my way to a worship night. I'm going to go to my 1 o'clock or 3 o'clock service where the pastor is awesome. So you simply just pass pass him or pass her by. Remember Jesus? 
He did not leave us to die on that road. When we were almost dead to our sin, when nobody understood us, nobody wanted to care, encourage us, there was already like hopelessness in our lives, Jesus was there for you and I. He did not leave us to die on that road. Verse 33, But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. This is, this is something unheard of. That when he saw him, he had compassion. Why did he have compassion? Why? Why unheard of? Samaritan, Jew, they don't blend. Okay, They're like water and oil. They cannot. Their, their hatred for each other goes so deep that they would kill each other. Let alone be in one place like this. But he helped him. He went out of his way instead of being like the priest and the Levite, going the other way. No, he went to him. He had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to the inn and took care of him. The guy couldn't move already. That's why he had to carry him and put him on his animal. He might be going from the other side. When he saw him, he had compassion. He intentionally went to that person, saw him, checked him, checked his vitals, put bandage on his wound, and carried him. Intentional. I just thought of this in the earlier service. That what he did was actually very dangerous. What if other people saw him? He could actually be accused of doing harm on the Jew. And he could have been stoned to death. But he took the risk. Genuine compassion. Genuine love. And the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, Take care of him and whatever more you spend it, I will repay when I come back. Two denarii, it's more than two peso. Two denarii is more than 200 pesos. Two denarii is actually... Two days of wage. Why would he do that? Why would he get from his, his own money and spend for somebody that he doesn't like? Let alone he wants to be dead. Let alone his enemy. Jesus here is pointing another, uh, another, another big point to tell us. Even though they're your enemy, you have all the more the reason to love them. All the more the reason to care for them. Showing compassion. And caring for others is costly. But being selfish and being indifferent is free. It's costly. It's not just messy. It's costly. It will cost us. You know, the, the way we live our life now, or how the world would like us to live, is to get as much as we can. Let's be realistic. Realistic here. As much money as we can. As much as we can. As fast as we can. Not, not, not later. Not, no, 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 now. That's why so many people get, get, get into trap, those uh, quick rich scheme. Now. I want it now. Fast. Get it as fast as I can. And hold on to it as long as I can. As much money, as fast, and hold it as long as I can. It's for me. It's okay, 10%. Okay, 10, exactly 10. 
There's more than one peso. No, 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 cannot be. Change the check. 10%. Others, uh, give him a few change. When God said in His Word that He gives us the ability to produce wealth, and He said that He establishes the work of our hand, we have to check also, is it just for us? He keeps on blessing us, but we have to make sure that we are good stewards. Remember, we're just stewards. That means when you die, you can't bring your money to heaven. Right? You cannot. I have many friends, have many friends who have tried it. Some have died and are in, with Christ, and some have died, and I'm not sure if they're in Christ. But all of them the same. When they died, they left all, all their money here. They, were, they weren't able to bring it to heaven. It doesn't work. Showing compassion and caring for others is costly. But being selfish and being indifferent, it's free. We're about to end. It's a short story. It's a short sermon. It's a short preaching. Verse 36. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? It was a question posed. Talking about, again, who is the neighbor? Sino ba talaga yung neighbor na yan? Sino ba talaga yung kapitbahay na yan? Remember, it, 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 it started as a test. It started as the expert of the law testing Jesus. But now it becomes a testing for the expert of the law and the people around Jesus who was hearing the story. You know what? The question is not, who is my neighbor? Okay, they're trying to avoid responsibility. The lawyer asked this question, but the question is not. It's not, who is my neighbor? The question is also not, who should I help? Sometimes, after hearing this story, after hearing about the, the Good Samaritan, we would say, okay, who, who should I help now? Who should I help now? It is easy to talk about abstract ideas and fail to help solve concrete problems. Sometimes we get so stuck in making ideas, planning, 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 that nothing happens. There's no execution. We can discuss poverty and opportunities, but without execution, it's all talk. It's all talk. Faith without action is dead. Action without you going through and moving is also dead. Verse 37, he said, this is Jesus' answer, plain and simple. He said, the one who showed him mercy, and Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. You go and do likewise. It doesn't take another strat planning. You just go. Looking at our society right now, everywhere you go, there's person, there's one person, at least one person who is needy. Maybe inside your home, for those who have kasambahay drivers, maybe it's in our home, maybe it's in our villages. There are, pro- there are needy people in our, under our employment, maybe the guard, the barangay tanod. There's always a, an opportunity to give. There's always an opportunity to show compassion. There's always an opportunity to show the mercy and love of Christ. Now we have to move from duty to love. Move from duty. Yes, it's a calling for us as Christ followers. As a church, we're called. But then if it's just plain duty, somewhere along the way, you will forget about it. You get so overburdened. You get so tired. But if you are actually compelled by love, the more you give, the more you serve, the more you're going to be energized, the more you will be refreshed. From debating, from planning, we have to start doing it. It needs action. The question should be, how can I be a good neighbor? 
How can I be a good neighbor? I know that I have my neighbors and I am a neighbor. How can I be that good neighbor? Question is, how can I help? Lord, who's that person I need to help? Lord, why am I in this area right now? Why am I still in school? Why am I in this community? How can I help? Looking at this story, hearing this story, it has inspired so many people to move into action. Different compassion ministries were actually born when a person has a change of mindset and saw the real meaning of this story. Not just who is my neighbor, but am I a good neighbor? Put into action. In Victory, we have Real Life Foundation. Victory has always put a premium in social responsibility. As I told you, it's not a sideline ministry. It's our main thing. Maybe it's not noisy, but then again, the Bible said, you do not have to tell the left hand what the right hand is doing. But we do it. We have just sent two army truckloads of goods to Cagayan through our victory fort for the Lawin PH. Actually, you can search your, your internet, hashtag Lawin PH. Pastor Paolo was there. They sent, um, what do you call this, uh, chainsaw. They sent medicine. They sent people, doctors going there. It's not publicized, but still, it is in our hearts. We just do it because we're compelled by the love of Christ. The way we do this is through the Real Life Foundation. Ever since its incorporation 2007, Real Life has produced 341 university and vocational graduates. But with the 341 university and vocational graduates, you might think, 341 lang, Pastor Larry, since 2007. 341 represents the student that went to school. But the family that they have touched, thousands. By the thousands. Our vision, the, 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 burden, the, the burden in our hearts that God gave us was to make sure that people would get through school. Finish school, be discipled, and get jobs. Why? Because that represents hope. It's not a dole out. We don't build houses, we don't uh, uh, build schools, we don't give uh, a medical mission, we, we don't do that. Our calling is for the students who are in the school, make sure that they finish school, disciple them, and that represents hope already for them. Their lives will never be the same. Church, I'm, I need a shift in our mindset right now. Don't say that, it's insignificant. It's just me. One person. No, one person can change a whole village. One person. Especially each one of us who are united as one. We can change this generation. And this generation is for the Lord. That's why we need to take a hold of it. You're not insignificant. Who would have thought that insignificant person, insignificant baby that was born on a manger will take away all our sin? Die for us on that cross and give us hope. Who would have thought an insignificant baby born on a manger could do that? I remember the story of um, Lennon, one of our staff here, who's heading our Sipag, uh, San Juan chapter. He was so happy one day when he said, you know, one, one person in my victory group accepted Jesus Christ. And he, he was so jubilant. He was so happy. A day or two after, came to us and said, you know what, Pastor Larry, that person who gave himself up to Jesus just died. He was shot point blank, two shots in the chest. He died. 
But Lennon wasn't actually sad about it. He was happy. Not because he's dead, but he's happy because he knew that there was a purpose, that it was timing, that he was there, and he accepted Jesus Christ. What would have happened if the gospel wasn't shared to that person? He would have died and his life would be in vain. But he died and now he is with Jesus Christ. That's what, that's what church is all about. That's what church we should be doing. Let me end with this poem by Edgar Guest. which said, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one would, should walk with me than merely tell the way. The eyes are better pupil and more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing, but examples always clear. And the best of all preachers are the men who live their creeds. For to see good put in action is what everybody needs. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that it is not our circumstances, it's not our bank accounts, it's not our status in life that would compel us to help others. But Lord, it is because of you, what you have done on that cross more than 2,000 years ago, when you took all our sins and gave us our life back and given us our eternal hope. Lord, I pray, Lord, that because of your generosity, of you showing us how to love others, now we are compelled to love our neighbors and be that loving neighbor that we are. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will speak to each one of us and you will make us realize that we are not insignificant. Rather, we are in a position to change lives. We are in a position to change a nation. We are in a position to now reclaim the generation for you in the name of Jesus. So, Father, speak to us, Lord God. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will guide our feet to walk in love. You will guide our feet to take action. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for genuineness, Lord God, that indeed it is your love that compels us. So, Father, speak to us now. And Lord, may your blessing be upon each, in, in, each, in, in each, for every family, Lord God, who are in this place today. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcast.